Michael Sutherland, also known as Mikey Freedom, is a Wiltshire-based artist originally from Tane in the north of Scotland. He has just completed his first successful solo exhibition entitled High Tones, Low Lines, with many sold stickers appearing next to his paintings. Mike uses oils and acrylics in his work, and his first solo show represents a milestone for Mike. Having lost touch with painting for many years, he rediscovered his love in 2017, but it wasn't until 2019 when he gave up drinking alcohol that painting came to the fore in his life. His work follows themes of discovery, reconnection and authenticity. Mike regularly shows his painting process through videos uploaded to TikTok. He is a painter of people and landscapes, often embracing punchy colours and fragmented forms. Mike has a very successful TikTok series that has been viewed by millions all over the world where he paints his followers portraits and has gained 80,000 followers on TikTok with a mixture of his humble and down-to-earth demeanour and great sense of humour. With his tongue firmly in his cheek, Mike describes himself as a legendary father, hot husband, ageing basketballer, kitchen dancer, ex-computer game tester, confirmed curmudgeon, painter of pictures, Paul Ace, Jim Dodger, Scottish rugby fanatic, full-time sober person and now a full-time artist. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Mike. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow, that guy sounds amazing. I really like the sound of that guy. <laughs> It's a lot to sit and listen to, but uh, thank you. Thank you yeah, for I having like, me on the show. You're welcome. I do like to force my guests to listen to the introduction. I could record it separately, but it seems uh, only fitting that you have to be uncomfortable while I read this big bio of all of the things you've done. <laughs> just have to sit there and squirm and just listen to it. It's excruciating, but um, thank you. Thanks for going oh, through Oh, you're it. welcome. <laughs> Uh, well, th like I said, thank you so much for uh, coming onto the podcast. Um, yeah, as I said, I you happen to show up on my for you page, and um, I hit follow instantly, especially because you're just up the road. Um, Caution, not far from uh, where I am in in Calm, which is I guess further south. I I don't even know. No, I don't know. <laughs> You're Eat, fairly local, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's in Wiltshire. <laughs> We're both in Wiltshire. That's fine. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so obviously, there's a, a lot in there uh, in in, the, in that bio about uh, your story, what you're doing, what you've done, um, all sorts of information. So, but let's start with the first question of passion. So, um, I. I this is it's sometimes quite a hard question because we can be passionate about lots of things. But if you were to kind of put it into words, what you're passionate about, what kind of gets you very excited, what makes your soul come alive, what would that be? Well, well thanks for easing me in nice and gently. That's really great. Um, I think um, for me, what, what I'm passionate about is I think I'm a visual person, first and foremost. So the way I learn is very visual. I, if I'm told something or if I read something, I'm not likely to remember it. It's not going to stick in the same way as if I see it. Uh, so I think I, I always knew I was visual. But when I see a painting, a piece of art, there's something magical that happens. It makes me feel something. And it's like this weird alchemy. It's more than the sum of its parts. It's much like, I guess, how a lot of people, myself included, feel about music. And my whole painting uh, journey 
horrible word, um, over the last while has been about in the pursuit of trying to capture that, trying to bottle it, looking at an artist and going, okay, what they've produced there does something to me, does something for me. Uh, can I do the same? Can I make people feel what, what I'm feeling? Um, so I'm not saying that I, I copy other people's stuff, um, but it's more a case of what I see, can I replicate that for somebody else in my own work? And for me, it's, it's what I'm passionate about is that visual magic. There's something there and it's a pursuit of that. You know, a lot of people try and define what is art and it's a really tough one to define. But I think, I was thinking about it the other day and I think it's actually the pursuit of painting. So it's not just producing something, it's about producing something and then wanting to do it again and again and having your antenna out and taking in all of this input and it going into your head and outputting uh, something new, something different. So I think that that's what I'm passionate about. And I see, you know, I see other people's works of art and I have tried to emulate what they've done. And it's a good jumping off point. Um, but it never comes out the same. It always comes out through your own filter because it's your own experiences. All of your own inputs have gone in there and it's changed it. Like I remember listening to Paul McCartney talk about him writing songs in the Beatles and they would go, oh yeah, you know, that was me trying to do, uh, you know, Chuck Berry. That was me and John trying to do a Chuck Berry. And it's, you know, you can't really hear it in the song, but that's a great jumping off point. So yeah. when I realized that I had this whole world out there in front of me, this visual worlds that I could explore with endless possibilities. Man, I went in deep and that's what I'm passionate about. Um, so that's a very long answer to that question, but that's that's what I'm passionate about is, is that visual magic and how to try and capture that, which is almost impossible, I think, but it's the pursuit of it. Yes. Oh, I freaking love that answer. I, I wrote down visual magic and I wrote down the word conduit because it just, it, as you were talking, it kind of, I'm, I'm such a visual person as well. Um, so I often sort of get images and pictures in my mind when people are talking. So um, yeah, I really had that sense of uh, art, artists, storytellers, whether it's musician, paintings, authors, are a conduit for the things that happen in the world and the information that you receive that they receive that goes through their filter and then goes out into the world and tells another story or a different story and i i get so excited by storytelling in general um that uh, you're you're so right that it's totally okay if that comes from looking at someone else's work or hearing someone else's music and and then we interpret that and it all just it's all part of the alchemy of the of the visual magic i think so and i think um you know how many stories are there you know there's 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 a lot but there's also very few actually you know we all have a very fair experience when you boil it right down in many ways and but it's about how you express that and you know borrowing from other people i think everybody does that it's like what you know standing on the shoulders of giants you're, you're never, there's nothing ever wholly original in the world. You can only do something from your own perspective. And, yeah. and that is in its own, in itself kind of original because, you know, I'm the best person at being me. You know, Ames is the best person at being Ames, right? 
and that's from our perspective so it is original in that sense but it's a shared experience as well you know and I think that's what appeals to me about um, quite existential thinking in the sense that we all have this same experience of death, like we're all going to die. <laughs> this is getting deep. Um, we all live with this or try and live with a sense of meaninglessness. We're trying to find meaning in things. We all are essentially alone um, in that no one else can really know what it's like to be in our heads and have our experiences. Um, and we all have freedom. Um, and with that comes responsibility. So I think there's something really interesting about those shared stories and shared existential topics. Yeah. And, and then how does that, you know, if you produce a piece of work, a creative piece of work, how does that resonate with other people? Do we have then a connection with that person? I think we do, because there's something there in our shared experience that is similar and is interfacing in some sort of way, perhaps. Yeah. You know, so we are we are all very similar, but we're also also so different at the same time, which is a strange. Gosh, we have gone deep very quickly, haven't we? That's good, isn't it? Well, you know that that was. I mean, I love a deep and meaningful conversation, and that was the purpose of starting this podcast was to have lots of deep and meaningful conversations with people. So, thank you for that. Um, but but that yeah, that's really interesting. So I think you know you were sort of talking about. I hope you know to uh, replicate or uh, I look at art and feel something, I would like people to look at my art and feel something. And maybe that is that shared experience of something in in your art is telling of your experience and someone else goes, yeah, yeah, I get that, I feel that. Yes, it is, it is. Um, I didn't realize I had an art style, you know, <laughs> but it takes other people to kind of point that out. Um, and it wasn't until maybe I saw all of my work or all of the work from that current period of time up in one room together and i thought god it is really you know there is a theme here you know there's there's a there's a through line there's a lot of commonality between the work as well and you know the biggest compliment somebody gave me was when i started doing landscapes uh, after doing almost exclusively portraits for many years they said you know it's completely different but we can tell it's you you know, uh -huh. your fingerprint's still on it. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that, that was a massive, a, a massive compliment. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's this subconscious thing. So there's all of these influences going in and then it just comes out. It's like, I think Johnny Cash was uh, interviewed and said, but how do you, how do you play that way? You play like a slow train coming down the tracks. And he's like, it's the only way I know how to do it. You know, stuff yeah. just comes in and then it comes out, and that's the, that's the filter of who I am. So, yeah. which which just kind of makes me want to go back to the beginning. So, can you take me back in time and then tell me a little bit about how how you how you discovered you could do art? Or, yeah, we'll start with that question. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I kind of I, I did it a lot as a child, and. You know, if, if left alone, that's kind of what I would revert to. And that's when I'd find a lot of happiness uh, and calm. And I did it in school. I did it at standard grade, which in Scotland is the equivalent of GCSE. I, I won the prize, I'll, I'll have you know, for standard grade art in pain in the Highlands. Uh, you know, my big claim to fame. And then <laughs> I kind of 
somebody said to me that computers were the future and then all the adults around kind of nodded and went, oh yes that's very true and with my sensible hat on i thought okay that's what i'll do i'll i'll, I'll do that yeah. so I, I all my elected courses for hires which is the equivalent of a level in scotland were around science computer science maths english physics etc and i dropped art um I would, I still want to do it. So I could do it in my sixth year, but I'd have to compress the course. It was supposed to be a two year course. I'd have to compress it down to one year. And the art teacher said, you can do this, but you'll have to work really hard. And you will also have to submit one piece of work every week through your fifth year while you're doing all those sciencey subjects, just to show us that you're motivated, which I did. And then I did the, the, the final year. Um, and then I went off to university to study computer science in Edinburgh and kind of just fizzled out. Art just took a back seat. I discovered drinking. I had lots of new friends. Um, and I, I remember that first, I remember the first lecture of computer science and they asked us, what does computer science mean to you? And the people around me were giving these very honest, authentic, Kind of, kind of almost profound answers to the, to the question and I was there sitting there thinking bloody hell that's not me <laughs> I don't think that way and I, I think I kind of knew then that this was not what I should be doing but I, I stuck with it for the next four years and then tried to even pursue it as a career and I wasn't listening to that voice very small and very tiny I wasn't listening to that voice um and pursuing art or pursuing anything creative. I've just, you know, I, I think it was 2000, yeah, 2017. Pretty miserable, really. Drinking grew bigger as my dissatisfaction grew. You know, the weekends started to get longer. It started to include Thursdays and Wednesdays. And drinking really kind of became a big thing. And I started to hide my drinking as well, um, which is a big warning sign. And it was around this sort of time that um, my daughter, she was six, she got a, a watercolour set from her, her auntie, my sister, Leanne. And she asked me to sort of show her how to do it. I was like, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I knew I could, in the back of my head, I could do this. It'd be fun. And we, we sat there and did it together. And um, after about an hour, she wandered off. And I, I, I probably sat there for another hour again, just, and I got lost in it. Mm. And it just, that was the little seed sort of sprouting out again. And I just followed that. Then I gave up drinking kind of soon after that. And art kind of just filled that space. Mm. So I think with, with any kind of potential addiction, um, it's good to give up, not for the negative reasons or because you're being forced to but for positive reasons and I felt like if I could have something really positive in my life that took over then that would work a whole lot better and it, and it did so art kind of like filled my time then so Fridays and Saturdays when you know, nights when I would normally be drinking I, I was painting and I was just going in in deep <laughs> on this and loving it loving the results and loving the process of it i mean a lot of the stuff you look i look back on it now and 
you know, it's quite quite basic, but that's that's the way it is with anything when you when you're start, still starting out. But it's so important at the time, and it's and it's a little step in that process. So it's not to be undermined. It's important, and it's important yeah. by its, in itself. So that's how it kind of grew for me, and and then it just there was various milestones along the way. Yeah, yeah, I started to gain a bit of traction um, in terms of just like the response I was getting from people and being relatively egotistical. It's, uh, you know, that's, that kind of feeds it a little bit, doesn't it? Helps with the motivation. And I carried on painting a lot. And then on social media, you know, just, it, it started to grow and grow and grow. And, and all of a sudden I'm here. And it's this bizarre situation that I'm in now. And and I'm I mean I'm I've come in at the eighty thousand follower point, so you know it's there's obviously a, a big chunk of the story before that, but and now suddenly you're thrown into this like I'm an I'm a full time artist. Yes, yeah. I don't believe in the universe speaking to me, but maybe I do now actually. And yeah. these things like that is a, 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 an amazing alignment. And okay, I've got to grab this. I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps right now. I've got to grab this because it's a really good opportunity. Yeah. And I don't care if I fall flat on my face, but yeah. I'm gonna give it a really good shot. And I'm getting emotional just talking about it. I'm so excited about it. And it's like this, I've just been presented with this opportunity. And I've got a I've got a duty. To take that not just for myself but for my family as well yeah you yeah. know I, I need to be an example to my kids um in a positive way yeah. um and that starts by being true to myself and authentic to myself yeah i i mean sometimes it can it can take a while and take a few things in order for us to listen to the little voice inside that says maybe i should be doing this or you know uh, it's a familiar story, sadly. Um, I, I hope not so much these days, but maybe where you get to a point in education, in the education system, and you're kind of encouraged, discouraged from arts. You're discouraged from the, it's hard to make a living as an artist. It's hard to make a living as a singer or a musician. Or, but though, and I, do you know what? I remember that, that um, horrific advertising campaign that the government did during covid where they were they had like the image of a ballerina and maybe maybe now she's a computer software <laughs> it was just terrific um depressing but i guess representative of this idea that actually the arts are not good enough yeah i don't where does this come from because yeah. everybody enjoys music and art don't they they enjoy reading books who who do they think produces these things you know yeah. um and it's a really damaging narrative oh you can't make a living from it you can't do this you can't do that but there's people out there doing it so yeah. somebody um you know and you know you're doing this podcast you know that's that's, a, that's an awesome thing you're putting yourself out there you're going on this journey and you're you're being yourself right you know it's you have to listen to those little voices because there's a there's a reason they're talking to you and 
I think you need to be, it, it sometimes takes a while. I, I mean, I'm very, very jealous of these people who know exactly who they are from a young age. Cause that's, you know, but then at the same time, I wouldn't be who I am without doing what I've done. And that yeah. includes all the, all the, all the crap jobs. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I take it less for granted perhaps because of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that your purpose is different to passion? What you know, I don't. I don't know if we tend to think about things in much in terms of purpose. Um, like this is the purpose of my life. I guess it's similar to meaning. Like this is this is the meaning of life. But if you know, if you were to answer the question, this is my. No, that's not a question. If you were to answer the question, what is my purpose? Um, do you do you know? Do you have an answer for that? Um. I think maybe it's, um, I think maybe it is my, my children actually, you know, it's, it's got to, it's got to be showing them what's possible, um, and being an example, uh, being a positive example of, of what they could do. My, my fear is that they go into something that they feel they should they have to go into or they should go into and they're not listening to their own voice inside them um you know it's i think like i said earlier you know when you're when you're a child and you're left unattended it, it's very instructive to see what kids do let's take let's take screens and computer games out of the equation for one second but you know if if they're not doing that then what, what is it that they are doing and that is really instructive about what's because they've got no obligation to anybody else how they spend their time they're, they're going to do what they're really passionate about or, or interested in mm. so i think my purpose is to is to be that authentic person myself and mm. i hope that they will see that i'm doing something that i'm passionate about and they take that lesson into their own lives as well and i think as a family you know i think we're i think we're kind of we're, we're starting to do that my wife has recently started her own business where she's a hypnotherapist um a solution-led hypnotherapist who and she you know this is something that she's really passionate about and she's she's out there doing it she's got her business so that's that's a really strong role model for, for our children as well so i think my, my purpose is around around that and I think it starts with me I think I, I have to be authentic to myself and then I th only then can I be somebody who helps others in a way and I think hopefully eventually maybe that benevolence will, will, will widen, widen its radius out a little bit and it'll, it won't just be my, my kids but maybe they'll be spread out to the community because over the last eight years what I've discovered is that although I kind of inverted commas don't like recruitment, hate, hate recruitment. I, I do enjoy helping my team yeah. and I get a lot of satisfaction from that. So I, I've learned to listen to that and, and go, okay, well, actually, you didn't really classify yourself as somebody who enjoys helping others uh, you know, in, in a passionate way. But maybe, maybe you actually are because you get a lot of satisfaction from that. So perhaps, you know, in time, my purpose may, may sort of 
grow further out from just me and my kids. Um, but I think for now, then I, you know, it's, it's it's those two. Yeah, yeah, Children. I love that. I I think that's really. Uh, I, I guess the the more I ask that question, the more I find a universal answer that is something around authenticity. Like it's it your purpose is to be. I, there's a Carl Rogers quote. Your you I, I don't know if you know who Carl Rogers is, but your wife might know who Carl Rogers is. Uh, being uh, in the therapy world, um, the purpose of life is to be that which one truly is, and I think that's a it's quite a big statement in in many ways because how do we be that which we truly are but by following your passion and listening to that inner voice and then being as authentic as possible stuff happens magic happens yes yeah i think you 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 put yourself you you leave yourself open to things and yeah. you're not always going to get those opportunities but when they do come along you'll you're much more able to to grab them and i think things do happen and you know you can put it down to the stars aligning and the, the universe and etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't necessarily buy into that but i do think that if you put yourself out there good things will happen and yeah. that comes from, like you say being being, being authentic and, and following your voice your, your inner yeah. voice yeah. um, i think yeah. bob dylan said a man is, you know, successful. Well, it was, it was 1967, so he said, "A man." But let's put that to one side. So somebody is successful if they wake up in the morning, go to bed at night, and in between do exactly what they want. I don't know how possible that is, you know, or likely, but I think you know you can get. Hopefully, you can get fairly close. Um, yeah. You know, you, I think as I grow, grow older, my definition of success has changed a lot. You know, it's it's definitely started out as much more materialistic um but that's not yeah i'm so far away from that now it's it's unreal yeah 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 i think there's just so many seasons of life and changes that happen it's, it's it, when you were sort of talking about kind of being a little bit jealous of people that are younger that kind of know who they are and what they want i i i I view that with a little bit of suspicion in the sense that but they've got so much more living to do yet they're going to be completely different people by the time they get to our age i don't know how old you are but i would imagine we're similar ages uh, so you've mentioned bob dylan you've mentioned donny cash you've mentioned paul mccartney so is music quite a big important part of your life yeah yeah it's it, it is i don't play or anything like that i just i love it and i listen to music when i paint and i have to be careful about the music i listen to when i paint because it really kind of if i'm listening to something really upbeat and you know the paint will be flying around and chucking it all over the canvas um it's it's a huge part of my life and i think kind of the the person i aspire to or gives me a lot of inspiration it is is like bob dylan and how he how he rips up the rule book on his creativity every few years and almost like reinvents himself um you know people I think even within creativity, others have this view of what perhaps it should be and how it should be. And they don't like people who step outside of, the, of their perceived view of that person. You know, what are you doing? You're a painter. You can't do that. Um, but like Dylan, you know, he's somebody who's just like, does what he wants to do and completely like you look from one album to the next and it's 
and they're completely different and he, he, he completely changes and I really admire him about that and how brave he is and how he seems to to me to be somebody who's constantly got his antenna up and feeding that kind of big funnel in his head uh, for, for inspiration uh, to see what comes out of the other side. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like there's a, a shadow side to that in terms of mental health? Because I know that, you know, being having a creative brain and 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 having a funnel that is very often absorbing a lot of the crap that goes on in the world as well as the good stuff and you know there's all, all sorts of stuff that goes in um how what do you what do you do to sort of take care of your mental health um and and how do you sort of view kind of mental health in the arts i suppose um Yes, big question. <laughs> what do I do to yeah. look after my mental health? I think, um, you know, I've, I've struggled with my mental health. Uh, certainly over the years, exercise is so is fundamental to me and, and diet and of course, not drinking. So I've been sober for almost five years and that's had a massive effect on it because what it does is it removes a filter on how I view things. So, whereas in the past I'd maybe say, okay, well, I'm sad. Why is that? Oh, I'm hungover or tired. Yeah. Now, if I'm sad, it's because something of something more truthful uh, or actually fundamental. And it, it allows me clarity around that to be able to sort of identify how I'm feeling properly rather than having it clouded by alcohol or something whatever it is so mm. um yeah in terms of mental health i you know i i really need to keep a balance without uh you know with with exercise by not drinking and but in terms of being creative and absorbing things around me it can be it can be exhausting because i've got yeah lots of ideas and i my, one of my things that I really need to get better at is prioritizing and focusing in on one thing rather than trying to do 10 things at once. Um, so I know that I can be triggered and be irritable and potentially spiral into a slightly more depressive episode when I'm trying to do too many things at once and I'm not doing any of them very well. And I feel like I'm missing out on opportunities and I'm spreading myself too thin mm. and that's something that I've learned through well learned through therapy but also just age and experience as well um, so yeah it, it, I, but at, at the same time being a creative has lots of upsides to 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 good mental health you know it's yeah. very it's very mindful painting <laughs> I can I can lose hours at a time um, painting pictures, and it's it's very similar to sport. When you're playing sport, or if you're painting a picture, you're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about what you need to do tomorrow or in the future. You are in that moment, and that's a that's a wonderful place to be. <laughs> what do you do to be in the moment? That's a really good question. Um, and 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 one that I think I'm still 
asking myself, especially in noticing when I'm getting close to burnout. And I know I know when I'm getting close to overwhelm. So I think a little bit about what you were saying there about there's lots of things going on. I'm not doing any of them particularly well. I notice when I'm starting to the 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 thing the, the the main sort of signal for me is I start getting really grumpy with people <laughs> um and and sort of like not very patient and so that's when I know I need to sort of rest. Um I I quite like doing puzzles um and diamond painting which is just like I, I don't know if you've come across it but it's it's no. li- it's literally not painting at all. It's um I've got I've got one right here let me show you. Um it's like little bits of plastic that you stick on a painting that's like paint by numbers. So it's yeah. It's like, so there's a picture of a peacock, and then this is the bits that I've done down okay. here. So I'll have some music on, or a podcast, or something like that, and I'll just stick these little things on because it's kind of you know what? yeah it doesn't it doesn't really mean an awful lot. It just I'm just yeah my brain is doing something and listening to something at the same time. Um, I I it, I think it's great that you've asked the question because I hope that people listening to this learn that it's okay to kind of still be learning and and figuring out what you know what, what we need to do to take care of our mental health and be present and in the moment. It is, and I I, I love that that you're you're doing you know put, putting these little diamonds on on that canvas and, and making a peacock and listening to podcasts. To me, that sounds like heaven. That's just that's that is just giving your brain a nice rest. Yes, and it's refreshing. It's like a it's like a little spa for your grey matter. It's, yeah, it's yeah. And yeah, we need to be better. Why well, I, I I need to be better at carving out time like that yeah. for myself. And if I don't do it, then I get really grumpy. I'm like you. I get really irritable with people as well. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and therapy is also quite important. I dip in and out of therapy. Um, uh, as I'm, a, I am obviously also a therapist. Um, but there is uh, something that I just I just need to verbalise stuff a lot of the time. That's um, that's making me angry, <laughs> whether it's politically or globally or you know, uh, yes. family. It's yeah. it's important to get it out to someone that that is listening and caring. And. As a therapist, as a you're a trained therapist, yeah. so you would have had to have probably gone through therapy as part of your learning, right? A lot, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think um, I think a lot of people are more disposed to having to verbalise things. Like, how do you know what you think until you've said it? Some I, I, think, I think it was maybe Oscar Wilde said that. Um, uh, but you, but I think some people are really, myself included feel like they really have to so speak about something to, to be able to understand how they think yeah. and that's certainly the case for me and I've, I've had therapy I've had CBT um, what's it what's CBT yeah CBT CBT um, and that was that was good that was very useful and then I've had more kind of solution focused therapy and it's really good that I think some of the stigma is, is coming away from that because actually it's a lovely thing to do for yourself. Even if you're not, you know, going crazy, it's, I think it's important for everybody to do it because you understand so much more about yourself and it's nice and relaxing and you get to just. 
<laughs> you have this safe space where you can literally say exactly what you're thinking without any judgment. And it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to do. I'd highly recommend it for anybody. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And interestingly, though, what you know, I, I trained to be a therapist 10 years ago and there was very little training or attention being paid to uh, anything other than talking. And, I'm, and it's only in the more recent years where I've realised how disconnected I am from my body that there's so much that goes on somatically that that is you know if you if you are just talking and not also noticing where things are happening in your body you're missing out on a big part of of how you communicate with yourself how you communicate with others um and i guess for you there's you are physically doing the act of of painting so i i I don't know. I'm imagining that there's probably there's there's some real cathartic kind of um, processes going on there of of getting something out onto onto canvas. I think there is. I think, and part of the beauty of it is that I don't mean I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure there is something going on there. I mentioned about my first solo show and going into the room and seeing all the paintings together, and I didn't, you know. They asked me at the gallery, you know, what do you want to call the solo show? And what's the theme? What's it about? It's like, I, uh, I'm not sure. But when I see them all up together, I go, ah, maybe, maybe this is what it's about. Um, and it makes a bit more sense when it's all together. And yeah. it does come out in painting. And I think what you say about the body, they are really connected. And how you paint and your body positioning when you paint informs how the painting will look. So I now stand up and I try and get loose and I get loose shoulders and I try and I, that's, that's how I feel I will paint best. My strokes will come out more expressive, more fluid. Um, whereas if I'm hunched over, sat down, I've got a tiny little brush I don't use tiny little brushes. I use big brushes, tiny little brush, and it it, it all becomes tense and tight, and you know, not 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 as good in my opinion. Um, but there's such a connection between the body and the mind. I th there's a book. Um, I don't know if you've read it called uh, "The Body Keeps the Score." I haven't actually read it, which makes me a terrible therapist. But um, I have heard of it. Yeah. Okay, I haven't read it either. But <laughs> I was talking to a friend about it yesterday. And he's, um, yeah, he, he was, it sounds amazing. So it's no matter what happens to you in life, your body will process that and reflect it somehow. I'm probably completely butchering it now. But, you know, if you are thinking happy thoughts and you are happy, you are less likely to become ill, physically ill. If you are thinking negative thoughts and you are in a job you hate, um, you know, you can become physically sick from it. There's a lot of stronger correlation between the body and the mind than I think maybe people think or realise. Yeah. I was just going to say sort of the inverse of that. I, I was talking to my dad and he, he told me about a guy who, who, who died recently who was in his 90s. And I couldn't believe that he had made it into that age because he was quite a heavy drinker and he was working in a high-stress job all of his life. And, you know, he's off a generation that maybe didn't have the best diet. And he got into his 90s and 
what I did realize about him was that actually, you know, he was always, he always seemed really happy and really like enthused by his job and with the people around him. And he had good relationships and he was doing something that he loved. So maybe, you know, there's something to be said for that. So a positive mindset of being happy can even ward off the negative effects of what you're putting in your body and how you live your life in, in terms of a lifestyle. Um, maybe I'm going too far and I'm talking about something I don't really understand, but it was just an idea that, that came to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, all of that makes complete sense. And and yeah, there's a lot of science that backs up that. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm wholly against toxic positivity. I'm wholly against anything that means you have to deny how you actually feel about something. But yeah. equally, there is real power in uh, um, looking out for the the joys or the, the 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 you know perhaps challenging some scripts or mindsets that you you have that you've we've internalized from all sorts of places and people over the years. Um, there's some real power, I think, in uh, working on shifting that, which can sometimes feel like learning a new language, but but. Yes. And it's really hard to do by yourself. So you need somebody else sitting across from you to to speed up that whole process and to challenge you and to go, OK, well, have you thought about it this way? Or, or just keep asking you questions and allowing you space to come up with the answers yourself. Um, yeah. 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 It's, you know, you think, oh, well, I don't have any negative ingrained, you know, um, <laughs> traits or habits. But then you quickly when you speak and maybe get challenged on something you realize oh, you totally do as as does everybody yeah yeah um so let's talk about power because power is an interesting one um just in it, it, it's it's a word that has such shadow and light i think it can be you know you have power that can be used for good and power that can be used for evil um when what's your relationship with power just in the sense of like when do you feel at your most powerful when do I feel powerful? I don't know if I do. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's. I don't know. I'm so insecure about what I do, um, and I'm still coming to terms with it in terms of being an artist. And you know, all the sort of nice comments that people make don't seem to scratch the surface so much. Right. But I, I feel. I think um, helping. Helping younger people um, yeah. makes me feel makes me feel powerful. Like I've 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 got an influence. Like I my my nephew. Um, every time I go round, when our family goes round to visit uh, the cousins, my nephew always runs up to me and um, shows me his latest painting. And this is a a lovely little kid who struggles in school. Yeah, and it you know, being asked to conform in a certain way. Um, but what he what he's able to produce on a bit of paper is is really interesting and brilliant. Um and I guess that's power, isn't it? You know, it's being able to to help and be a an example to somebody. Because he you know, he watches my TikTok series um with his mum. He's, he's not allowed the app himself, but he's allowed to watch his Uncle Mike on, on TikTok. And, you know, that that's that's pretty powerful. Um, 
and it's I, I think it's a really empowering series that I've got on there. You know, you, you mentioned I've, I've got a decent following now, and I always just very briefly what I do is I paint people who comment on my videos, and it's a good way of kind of gaming the algorithm to get more traction. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I, you know, I I get unlimited reference photos because i say by commenting you give permission for me to paint you i don't paint everybody I, I i have to be selective i can't paint everybody some of my videos have been viewed 12 and a half million times which is insane um but i pick people based on well first and foremost is there a decent reference photo and do is there decent light lighting for me to paint them but secondly it's about their situation and the personal story and if you know, the, the people that I've painted in the past have all got some kind of story behind them. Uh, it could be an eating disorder. It could be a serious illness. It could be uh, living in social unrest or, or war-torn torn countries. And mm. they're asking me just to paint them as, and as a simple gesture. And I'm, I'm really drawn to, to doing that for them. Um, and I feel like that's, that's, that's got some power to it. It's just a small thing. It's just a little gesture. But I, I really like that part of, of, of painting on, on TikTok. And my, I, I did this sort of an extension of the TikTok series as part of my solo show where we had a TikTok booth so people could go in and take a selfie. And at the end, I would draw out, uh, out of a hat and, and paint one of the people that, that took a selfie in the booth. And we yeah the first person out was so and so somebody that i know um who had come to visit it but the second person because we decided to do a second one was my <laughs> was my nephew uh and i was delighted by that so i can, wow. now, can now paint him and you know there, there's some power in that and even if it's just a small thing where i've shown him you know it's valid to to be a painter it's it's a valid thing then yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's so good to hear. It's such an interesting question to be asked, I think, about power. Uh, when I was thinking about setting up the podcast, it wasn't until someone said to me, well, what's your passion, purpose and power? And I was like, oh, God, right. Yeah, I should probably think about that. Um, but power is, we, we often don't allow ourselves to think about uh, or connect with when we feel powerful because we often sort of feel like that's a taboo or it's not kind of okay to feel powerful and you were kind of connecting it with self-esteem a little bit of or, or maybe maybe talent in the sense of people give me this nice feedback but I don't I, yeah. I, I don't really pay I don't let it resonate yet or sink in yet um, how is yeah. an interesting I think um it is. I think. I think it could be a dirty word, you know, because of the narrative. You, you think about power, and so a lot of times your your mind leaps to dictators <laughs> or yeah. you know politicians or yeah. heads of industry, and you know you don't want to be necessarily be associated with that. But if we you know take the power back, um, you know, it's 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 about what's what's in us and what we can do, um, and I think understanding that we do have power. And we we can set our own path. That's yeah. you know that that's an important thing too, um, which is something I'm coming to realise. You know, yeah. 
it, it'll be so exciting to see what emerges for you now you've got the sort of well interestingly mighty freedom like you've got freedom uh, from some of the constraints that were taking your time and your energy and it will be really interesting to see what emerges because you've really you know you've got a passion for uh, for, for art but you've got that purpose of of showing your kids that there's it's, it's important to be authentic and real and genuine and follow your heart and your passion and then when we talked about power you you then came back to yeah there's something that's tapping on the door about helping young people um and inspiring young people and then you've you know you've had these ex examples of uh i guess transferring that power so you've 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 found some people on tiktok that you've that have i guess sometimes felt not worthy of art or not worthy of a portrait being done of them and that's that's power you so you're there's a there's there's power everywhere yes yeah i think so and i didn't realize a lot of this that that we've just talked about until i actually you know got asked these questions by you you know until i vocalized it so it's all kind of tying in quite nicely um yeah. <laughs> it's i i'm so excited about kind of next steps and i think you know i i, I love it when people do something that they that they love and, and follow that and you know like you you speaking to people in a, in a podcast you know I, I, that's, that's terrific um and me on my my artistic you know starting out this next chapter of my artistic i'm not going to use the word journey again jesus oh, and i hate myself that's so cringe <laughs> why why do people hate the word journey oh uh, i don't know i i think it's because of x factor isn't it maybe it's <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i think um do you know the comedian harry hill yeah yeah he um he writes musicals now and he, he pitched a, a musical the x factor the musical to simon cowell and he was briefed before he went in to speak to simon cowell that you're not allowed to use two words when you speak to simon cowell okay you're not allowed to use the word journey and you're not allowed to use the word, what was the other one? It was something like uh, passion or something like that. You know, you're not allowed to use journey or passion. He's sick of hearing those words. So I think um, when Harry Hill went in, the very first song he pitched as part of the musical was, I've got a passion for my journey and my journey is my passion. So brilliant. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious, and and I mean, I I I don't have any strong feelings about the word journey, just just because I think I I can't think of a better word to sort of describe the process that we're all in of living, of learning, of growing older, of you know, trusting ourselves. It is a journey. I mean, what else? What other word? Uh, I, I yeah. know. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's one of those words that sort of gets used so much, and then it almost becomes like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I think authenticity is probably heading down the same route. Unfortunately, yeah, I love that word. I know yeah. I can't take that one. <laughs> no. no, they're not they, the that people. Person. Yeah, those people <laughs> who are having a meeting about hijacking good words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's on our list. No one can use that from now on. <laughs> um, congruent. We'll change it to congruent. I don't know. <laughs> Um, one thing I, I'm just so intrigued by, just from a, I don't know what where where the question's coming from really, but what what does it feel like to to sell your art? What, when someone buys a painting, what's that feeling like? Oh, it's amazing! It is amazing. Um, if people are listening to this and not watching it on YouTube, then 
once you've finished listening to the podcast, go and watch it on YouTube as well, because you'll be able to see some of my paintings in the background. It's a shameless plug. Um, but selling them is is amazing because painting them, you paint for yourself. You're your first customer, critic. Yeah. Um, and that's how it should be. Don't paint for somebody else. That's a road to ruin. Um, but then to have somebody else not just like it, but also go, do you know what? I'm going to pay some money for that as well. It's the greatest feeling. You probably saw the mad video on TikTok of me running around going, this is sold, this is sold, this is sold. And I had, my expectations were maybe five or six paintings will sell. Uh, the gallery owner was saying, you really need to put your prices up. And I was like, I really don't think anybody's going to be buying it for that price. I think you're mental. Um, but we did put it up and I ended up selling 21 out of 20 eight pieces and it's such an exhilarating feeling and especially like two of them weren't even finished they were still on the easel um i was just passing the gallery and i popped in and there's a lovely uh, couple there a uh, couple of ladies who were kind of a bit sad that some of the landscapes weren't available anymore because i do these massive big colorful expressive landscapes and um I said, well, actually, I've got one on the easel, uh, but it's at, at my house. Uh, and they were like, oh, OK, we'd love to be able to see it. I'm like, OK, do you want to come back to my house? <laughs> and I, dro I drove them. I there, there you go, madam. Open the door. Escort them into the, the car. So, honestly, I'm not a serial killer. I'm not a serial killer. Come with me. And I drove them up to the house and escorted them in, sat them down. Wait there, madam. I shall go and get the painting and brought it down. And I mean, she couldn't very well say no then, but she, she said yes. And it's it's a it's a mad feeling that somebody endorses what you've done. Not that external validation is the most important thing, but it's nice. It is nice. Our ego likes it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's really encouraging that my paintings have sold. I think had I just done the solo show, I set it out as a goal for this year to have a solo show. So I had a near miss previously with somebody who let me down. Um, even if I hadn't sold anything, I would still chalk it up as a win, you know, just yeah. to have that moment of all of my paintings together, hung up on a wall in a nice space with nice lighting and with lots of people around drinking alcohol-free Nosecco and alcohol-free beer, <laughs> you know. Um, so even without the sales, it'd be good. But yeah, the sales really are the cherry on top, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited for you. I'm so you, I'm so glad you got to have that feeling. I think I think I think that probably could be quite a powerful feeling. And I suppose that's where you've got to kind of keep the checks and balances in place that you are, yes, you're creating art for yourself. I mean I guess there's a potential that you're going to be commissioned to do stuff and then that might feel a bit different yes. but um it's it's it i guess probably feels yeah powerful that some something in your work has spoken to someone enough that they want to go that is coming into my home and yes it's beautiful yeah it's it's it's, it's amazing um your commissions yes you have to make compromises and especially i think also now with because I've always been about painting portraits. 
Then I switched to landscapes a, a few months ago, actually, <laughs> and they've become really like the, the, the people seem to really like them and they're selling. Um, but now, potentially, the kind of concession or the the thing I, I I may end up the trap I may fall into is feeling like I kind of have to do those all the time now because yeah. they're selling because this is my job. Um, yeah. Whereas, like you know. Bob Dylan, he rips it up every album and, and does something completely different. I've just compared myself to Bob Dylan and I officially hate myself now. Uh, I'm going to cringe again, but uh, you know, there, there's there's compromises um, once you start earning money as well. And yeah. how far do you compromise without taking away the essence of what you love and what you're doing and the reason to be doing it in the first place? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something I'm probably going to be finding out <laughs> over the yeah. next while. Yeah. Well, 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 maybe we'll have a part two to this podcast where we'll sort of delve into how it actually is on the other side of success. I guess, you know, you're absolutely right. We define success by, you know, all sorts of different ways. And, and I it probably can't be based on external validation um, solely. But, you know, I well i i'm not making this podcast for no one to listen to so you know it's it's we do need that kind of feedback from something to show us that what we're doing that a hopefully we're passionate about b hopefully we're good at is also resonating with with other people and they like it yeah it's definitely definitely part of it and maybe we shouldn't be so ashamed about that yes (laughs) I, I think so. I think I think that's it's a part of it, isn't it? And, and yeah, we've got to make a living. We yeah. we've got to earn money, and pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We do. Uh, amazing. Well, let's yeah, let's end it there. Um, although I could ask probably another twenty questions at least. Um, but it's been so good to to talk with you and explore these big subjects and uh, hear about your art and your process and these big existential questions. <laughs> It's been awesome. I, thank you so much, James. I really appreciate it. And, and thank you for having me on. I, I just wish you all the success with this because I've listened to a few of these episodes and they're, they're brilliant. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to, to the, the future ones coming out as well, listening to those. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, thank you again. Thanks for the validation. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Nice to speak with you you too you too take care good luck with the future i will be following your journey and and sharing your stuff for sure thank you bye Bye. thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast and i really hope you enjoyed it please like and subscribe and if you really want to help me out i would love it if you could leave me a review and share my podcast with friends who you think would also enjoy it this podcast was produced by lexi at digital hero and the music was created by charlie at walters music productions Thank you.